so I built a career around my weak spot, I guess you could say. And, and so I traveled for 20, 25 years all over the world announcing professional rodeos, professional bull ridings and so forth. And, and, uh, and had some, um, really, really, really good, cool opportunities and moments and some bad ones. And when you travel like that, it, you, you, it's hard to create a good environment for a relationship. And I had not done well at that. And so, uh, I had, I had kind of reached a point of, okay, God, um, I need some help. <laughs> and so I'm just going to, I'm just going to like, I'm pushing pause and, and, um, you just send me the one you made. Well, hey gang, it's Ryan Surratt. I'm the Agent X Factor podcast, and I am just over the moon stoked today to have Racer Botkin with us, uh, who is a tremendous agent at EXP Realty, leading a team there, and he also is a coach of other real estate agents. And so this is going to be a, a great treat for me and for those listening. Racer, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Ryan. How about you? Man, I I am uh, I'm blessed. I am blessed, and I, I think you and I we are we're brothers in Christ, and so I'm excited about this. Every time I talk to you, I just get these nuggets and these ahas that are great for uh, for myself. And I thought I had to have you on just to uh, re record what you say a lot of the time, so we can use it to influence and impact other people's lives. So thank you for doing. Well, that. says I use a lot of words, so. Huh. It might, you know, it might be good to record, so at least you can figure out which ones are good. Yeah. <laughs> when you say a lot, you don't, you know, there's just, you got to hope for a nugget. Um, but well, yeah, thank you. It's going to be a real thing. So let me ask this question, because you've got a kind of a unique past, uh, and I like to ask this a lot of times to people, how did you get into real estate? So, um, yeah, I, I had no desire. So um, when I was, when I was in school, um if, if a teacher taught, you know, verbally taught, yeah. I made really great grades. Um, but if she said, go home and read this and figure it out, um, I didn't do so good. Yeah. And uh, I, I really didn't know why. Um, they tested me. I got a crazy high IQ. Um, I can read at lightning speed when they give you a reading test because it comes across the screen on, in one line, you know. Um, but what I couldn't do is I couldn't take a page of words and separate them and make them make sense. Um, huh. I was ADHD as a kid, which in the seventies, when I was a kid, that means you got a lot of whippings. You didn't get medicine. Huh. And uh, sure. And so, and I, and I was dyslexic. And um, so huh. I, had, I had an almost photographic memory. I could remember everything I saw and heard, but, but I couldn't hardly read. And huh. uh, I, I didn't really know that. I just knew that there were some things I just couldn't do very good. So um, as, as, life would have it um i was in karate for about 12 years and then i my dad wouldn't let me ride bulls till i was 18 and off his insurance so the minute i was 18 i was trying to ride bulls and um and that kind of brought me into an opportunity to announce a, a rodeo and uh i had no desire for that but i was broke and they was gonna pay me so it was a good idea yeah uh, and so it worked and so about a week after i did that first one i got calls to do all these other ones and 
And see, that was simple because it was a name and a hometown and a bull's name. That was really easy to keep straight. The rest of it was 100% ad lib, which is where I'm strong. So, um, so I built a career around my weak spot, I guess you could say. And, and so I traveled for 20, 25 years all over the world announcing professional rodeos, professional bull ridings and so forth. And, and, uh, and had some, um, really, really, really good, cool opportunities and moments and some bad ones. And when you travel like that, it, you, you, it's hard to create a good environment for a relationship. And I had not done well at that. And so, uh, I had, I had kind of reached the point of, okay, God, um, I need some help. <laughs> and so I'm just going to, I'm just going to like, I'm pushing pause and, and, um, you just send me the one you made. me, uh. And, and so for three years, um, I didn't, I didn't do any of that. I didn't, I didn't date. I didn't flirt. I, you know, I just, uh, I had a marriage counselor. I had a, a psychiatrist. I had a life coach. I, I mean, I had a pastor. I met with somebody every week. It's easy to go to marriage counseling when you don't have a wife because, you know, <laughs> yeah, sure. there's no problems. Um, sure. So, but then I met Gwen and I knew she was the one. Um, she'll argue with that some days because, you know, she maybe I wasn't the one, but she was. I knew she was. And uh, and we dated about three years and we got married. And I and I all of a sudden reality hit that, like, I either got to leave every week from Thursday to Sunday, um, or I got to find a way to make a living, mm. stay home. Yeah. And, uh, and I'd been talking for my supper for 25 years, you know, um, and it, it was good money, but it cost a lot of money to do it. And you, you know, you could say, well, man, you make, you, you make three or four thousand $4,000 a weekend. Yeah. But if you do that 30 weekends a year, what do you do with the other 22? You're mm. off. You don't sure. get any. So, so uh, I went to the person that I was counseling with on my marriage coach, and I said, hey, um, what do I need to do to be sure my wife doesn't lose sight of me? You know, because people get distant. Yeah. And he says, well, you need to figure out what she's been dreaming about doing her whole life, and you need to go chase that, and she'll chase you. And so I said. And this is before one- you were married, right? It's, no, this is right after we got married. Right after and, yeah. uh, okay. I could see the writing on the wall. This cowboy wasn't going to get to stay very long if he didn't figure out a way to make some lit, make some money. Sure. Um, and so uh, I asked her, and she said, "Well, since I was a little girl, I would I would draw pictures of of remodeling people's houses or my mother's house, and I just think that I would be really happy using my creative nature and and doing that. So if I could probably do anything, it would be to buy houses and 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 you know redo them." And then sell yeah. them. And I thought, okay, that that, that would, a puppy would be a lot easier. Um, but let me let me work on that. And uh, so I did some checking, and, and a guy said, hey, if you get in real estate, you're going to know what's out there. You're going to know what sells. You're going to know what doesn't sell. And you're going to get a shot at stuff before anybody else does. And if you're good at it, you're going to make enough money to where um, you can afford it. Sure. And so I asked her if she'd get a real estate license with me. She said, yeah. So we did. Um, we got in real estate and, uh, we got our license and started in April and by June we were filthy broke. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't know, I didn't know how to get a client. Huh. Um, if you came to me, I could sell you anything, but sure. I didn't know how to come to me. Mm. And so, um, so that's how we got in. Um, fortunately 
I met the right guy that, that was a coach and uh, it was a connection that was, you know, bigger than just a coach. And uh, he put his arm around me and he says, I'm fixing to take you to the money. And I said, well, that'd be all right with me. He said, can you follow a map? And I said, I've been following one for 25 years. He says, well, this map's hard to follow. And I says, I'm tough, really tough. And uh, he says, well, if you think you can do it, I'll, I'll help you do it. And, uh, and so, you know, we we're sitting there in June, July, broke, um, done used five credit cards to go to this coaching class so that we could mm -hmm. afford to get there. And, uh, we didn't have any money. I mean, I hadn't made any money. And, mm -hmm. uh, and by the end of the year, we'd sold 20 houses. And then the next <laughs> year, we sold 47, you know. So it was, the next it, year, we sold 57. <laughs> So it's 20 and then 40 something, then 50 something. I mean, you just kept we closed 20 in five months. That's our first year. And then we closed 47 the next year. And then we closed 56 or 57 the next year. Um, it all, it, it was 150 something houses in three and a half years is what it kind of added up to. And, um, and I, you know, I didn't know because I hadn't been in real estate. So I, I didn't know what normal was. I didn't know like, sure. Like people go, man, what do you, how do you do it? What do you, nobody's, and I'm like, what? I just get up and go to work. You know, I mean, like, I didn't know that normal was 10 or 12. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but I'd also kind of been without money most of my life. And, uh, I mean, I'd have it, but I couldn't ever keep it. And sure. so, so I was making money that I couldn't even spend. I had, I had lots of money, you know, and, uh, so I was, I was afraid that might run out. So I just kept working. And uh, so that's how we kind of got in there and, uh, and dug our heels in. But it, what, what the revelation that came out of that whole, you know, journey was I knew in my heart that I would rather be an influencer to help other people not sure. have to struggle than I would like to go out and, and show houses to clients. Nothing against that. But what makes my motor run is whenever I get a brand new agent on the phone asking me if he can show my house at one, two, three Main Street, and, and he says, I'm brand new. And I go, Really? Have you got any leads? No. Are you making any money? Not yet. Would you like some help? You bet. And I get to give them 30 or 40 minutes of just the stuff that really wasn't offered to me until I met the right guy. Uh -huh. So that, that's kind of what got us to here. And, uh, and the cool thing about that is, so I'm currently, my wife and I are currently working on a three-bedroom, two-bath brick house um, that we're remodeled from the studs and the base floor that's below the subfloor. Wow. Uh, um, and that's that was what we got, that's what got us started. To, we were chasing that, and so we're doing it. You know, and it took us three and a half, four years to get there, huh. but we're doing it, and. Uh, and it's going to be really nice and it's going to be a, a profitable venture. But I watched my wife walk in there and she lights up, man, she lights up. And, uh, so that's, that's, that's what, that's, you got to figure out something bigger than money. Huh? That's true. Because if you work for the money, if the money ain't there, you're a failure. And, and that's a terrible feeling. But if you're working for purpose, Sure. Even if you, even if you're not achieving everything it takes to get that purpose, you're still moving towards a purpose, so you can still win. But if you're just working for money, when the money's not there, you failed. And that's where your emotions get jacked up, and your ability to go 
do the next one, you know, you, you, you have one client fall apart or, or disappear or, or sure. I, do something stupid about a car before closing or, you know what I mean? Something yeah. like that. And, and all of a sudden you see you, you, there's a transaction there that like it's broken, but, but you see that seven or eight or $10,000 commission check just fly away. Mm. And, and then you got, but the only way to solve that problem is to go get you another one. But, but you're like, it's like, you just got beat up and you got to go do it again. You know I mean? It's like, I got to get back in the rain with somebody else. I just got beat up, you know? And sure. so I, it what's helped me a lot with that is just realizing that your purpose is bigger than a dollar. And, uh, and now I haven't held on to that every day. There's been a lot of times, seasons in this deal where, I, I got to chasing that money. And uh and then all of a sudden I'd get a reminder that money will let you down. Sure. Um, yeah. We lost a hundred thousand dollars in closings in about thirty days a year ago. And uh that's totally. just, I mean, yeah, that's enough to make you want to jump off a building. Sure. Um, but but fortunately we were positioned emotionally fairly correct. Um there was some stress that went with that of how we're gonna make it, but yeah. we just said you know, we were broke when we started. And so we, we understand broke better than we do not broke. So we'll just take the same steps to get out of here. So let's talk about kind of what did you do to go from not being broke as you got into the business? I mean, what'd you say? 20 deals in five months, 47 the next year, 56 the next year. I mean, 150 deals in about three years. That's, that's incredible. I mean, it may take agents 10 or or 15 years to get to that so what are a few nuggets that you look back on or you tell agents now that they could do to have maybe not the exact same results but to move the needle in their business so um I, i'm a i'm kind of an information hog um excellent especially now that i could read um <laughs> uh, but uh i heard a guy told me one time he said people's priorities will be defined in their activities. Um, and that, that rubbed me wrong. Um, because fact of the matter was I liked sleeping late, you know, I enjoyed sleeping late. I didn't want to get up early. Um, I liked having my time. I'd been self-employed a long time. I liked doing what I want to do when I want to do it. Sure. But, but, but when asked the question is, you know, what's most important to you? In your life, what's most important to you? If I ask you that question, you're going to give me the same answer I'm going to give you. You're going to say my family. Sure, yeah. That's what you're going to say. Yeah. Yet, yet, the thing that can influence them the most financially, not, not that you being a dad's a big deal or being a husband, but sure. you got to get up and do it. Right. You know? And and so that you have a contradiction of what you say and what you do, which means you don't believe what you say. And a lot of people say my, my, my priority number one is family. Um, but they won't make phone calls or they won't go knock on a door or they won't go the extra mile. They they'll go the normal, but they won't go the extra because their priorities say it's all about my family, but their actions say it's about my comfort. And so hmm. uh, when you prioritize when you when your priorities are based on somebody else, um, there's no such thing as comfort. Yeah. When I realized that my wife will not have the life that she's supposed to have, if I don't do my job, there's nowhere in there to be comfortable. 
Um, now, content, yes, but but you got to, you know what I mean. But you sure, can't, yeah. can't, can't just, you can't just, you can't get some glamour shots and and some pretty cards and just uh, this is and this stuff it works. It doesn't. Sure. You got you got to work. And so I had a good work ethic. I mean, I knew how to work. I didn't know what to do. Got it. But I knew how to work. What do you and think I need to do now, or, or what what works now? You would say in kind of our current environment well so we're in transition because my heart's desire is to be more of an influencer on the coaching side sure um, so i'm not i'm not actively pursuing the grind of of being sure that i make 25 contacts a day um yeah. being sure that I, you know what i mean i'm, I'm not sure. doing that um and i'm, I'm remodeling a house i mean yeah. luckily um I've been broke enough in my life where I can do just about anything. So, um, and I like it. it. It's real peaceful to me. It's a lot of time by myself where my head can just, um, just hear what God's saying or, 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 or hear what I need to not hear. Sure. Or, that's excellent. But, but the same stuff works in an off market as it does in, in a, in a bit. People are still buying houses. Right. People are still selling houses. People are still getting transferred. Um, people are still getting older. And they're needing to move closer to their families. Their families are needing to move closer to them. I mean, all, all the reasons people move are still there. Um, now that interest rate deal is making it really tough on some people. Yeah. Uh, my daughter is closing on a house Friday. She's 22 years old, her and her husband. Um, and their interest rates high as tight, you know, and they got right. good credit. Um, and they had to settle for a lot less house um because of that rate right uh, now if you bought two or three houses in your life you ain't settling so you're not moving you're just gonna stay tight especially if you've got a loan that's four years old and it's at 3.5 percent you're not fixing to you know you're not fixing to raise your deal just you know so sure. so those people aren't there but but people are still moving yeah uh, and uh and so you just got to be sure that when they do they know you're able to help them make that happen. And so I think, you know, your sphere of influence is, is really, really valuable. Now, most people say, so the way it was presented to me is, um, are you a really good friend? And I said, heck yeah, I'm a good friend. <laughs> I said, you bet. I said, I'll come get you in the middle of the night. Um, I'll go with you. If you got to beat somebody up, I'll, I'll do whatever. And he goes, okay, open up your phone. And I said, okay, so I did. And he said, go to your call log. And I want you to write down everybody that's not related to you um, in business or as a relative that you've talked to that's in your call log. Well, I had two, two people that were just friends, you know. Yeah. And he said, okay, how many contacts do you have in your phone? I said, I don't know. And he says, here's how you check. And I looked at it and I had 1,850 contacts in my phone. And uh, I said, 1850, you got a lot of people. I was pretty arrogant. <laughs> and he says, yeah, that is, that's a lot of people. He said, you suck as a friend. <laughs> and I go, what do you mean? He said, you got 1800 people that are important enough to you to put in your phone. And you've called two people that are outside of your immediate circle in the last 10 days. Huh. You're a good friend. And that really got up against me, you know? Because yeah. that was true. Because we've lost connectivity. We got y'all have Facebook. I don't. Mine got 
hacked. My page is still out there, but I have no access to it. So I don't know what's going on in the world without calling somebody. And really, I like it better that way because yeah. people don't know you're checking on them whenever you see their Facebook feed. They know you're checking on them whenever you say, hey, how you doing? What's going on in your world? How you been? Where you work? You know what I mean? And so we the, the best way to add value to who you are as a friend is to be present, you know, with people so that they know you a care and b um guess what they know you're a realtor yeah. and they know that you're good at what you do because you check in on them you take care of people and and that's how we got it rolling um and that's how you keep it rolling um you you don't have i've never bought a lead i've never had a lead service where i just bought leads um and so wow. I just, didn't, I just, I felt like I didn't need to. I mean, I, if, yeah. if name my racer, if you don't know enough people, um, I need to go do something else. But um, now we did a lot of expired listings because them people are in a bind. Yeah. They've made their bed and washed their dishes every day for six <laughs> months. Hoping <laughs> somebody was going to book a show and while they were yeah. working. Sure. And, and they hadn't sold their house. And, you know, some of them be ticked. Yeah. Um, and some of them be beat. They're just tired. They just, you know what I mean? But they have a problem. And I, I want to figure out why, you know, what, why are you moving to start with? Well, because we want to get closer to our kids because we got grandkids. Okay. Well, let's chase that. Um, what do you think caused your house not to sell? I don't know. Our, our, our realtor said it was priced too high, but I mean, we didn't like him anyway. Well, what <laughs> if I, what if I let the market tell you what your house is worth? Um, cause the market is a number that's true based on proof. And, and if it is, um, too high, would you be willing to align your price with the market so that we can get you closer to your children? Huh? That's really good. That's a great line. I'm not going to tell you your house is not worth what you think it's worth. Sure. But, but I know who to ask. I asked the market. Yeah. And, and the market doesn't have any feelings. So you can say there that's crazy. Well, but it's still fact. So so the, the two questions really were, why are you moving? And why do you think it didn't sell? And then yeah. you just kind of sit back and listen. Well, I mean, people tell you. Yeah. Um, but everybody I mean, there's a reason it didn't sell. Sure. You know, I mean, location, condition, or price. It's gonna be one of those. And and so, if you if you're looking at the address, you know it's a good location. You're looking at the pictures, you know it's a nice house. Yeah. It's probably price, but but price is not connected to the house. Price is connected to the owner of the house. And so the owner of the house is saying, "I raised my kids here. It's worth three hundred thousand uh -huh. dollars. We've had a lot of fun here. We've done. We we put that new floor in the living room. We 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 fixed those cabinets in the kitchen. I mean, it's, it's worth three hundred thousand. And the market doesn't scream and say, "No, it's worth two forty. You have to take the information from the market and say, sure. "I agree with you for what you've done and from where you started. Your house probably has an emotional value of three hundred thousand uh, dollars." Yeah, but but the market value of your home that it will sell for. It's closer to 240. Huh. That's a great, that's a great way to say that. And, uh, you know, to validate what a client is saying, but then also to show them as an advisor what they have to do to sell. 
That's I mean, phenomenal. It's real simple because so I use a transaction coordinator. Yeah. Because I'm dyslexic. I mean, can you imagine me writing a contract? I know that contract nearly by memory. Sure. But can you imagine me writing it? And so I have a fee. If I list a house, you know, I have to pay a fee for, for all that paperwork to get handled. Right. And you pay it now, you know, and then you have a photographer you hire and you pay a fee for that because we only do professional photos. And so, um, so to get up and then we have marketing and, and stuff that we do that, you know, is either behind the scenes or, or property specific, depending on what it is. Sure. So about $700 to list a house for me to go and meet with you and you like me and me like you. And yes, I'm going to sell your house. I'm fixing to reach in my pocket and I'm going to pay about 700 bucks to get it on market in a way that I think I represent you as a professional and can sell it. Yeah. So, so what I learned really quick was we jumped out there and got us about 10 listings in about three weeks when we started. Oh. And, uh, that's $7,000. Yeah. That I didn't have some credit card. Sure. And that market was a lot slower. And so we didn't get that money back for three or four months. Uh, in, the meantime, in the meantime, we got another 10 or 15 listings. So we've got seven to 14 to 21,000 tied up in listings. Yeah. And we're waiting on that money to come, you know, because we sold some of them the first week, but it still takes 45 days to close. Sure, sure. Yeah. In, you know? And so, so if you, if you deal at that level and you can go get one listing, and say, oh, I got me a new listing and I'm going to do this and it costs you 700 That don't hurt. Yeah. But if you're trying to sell four or 50 a year, you better figure out, can I sell this house for the way, where it's at, what it looks like and where it's priced? What are my odds of selling this house? And if, if, if you know, can I sell it? Yes. Is it able to be sold if the price ain't right? No. And so you, you have to be willing to say, Mr. Johnson, Mr. Who or Mr. Smith, yeah. Um, I love your house. I love the location. Um, I appreciate your emotional value that you have on it. However, the market says this, and I'm sad to say, if you're not willing to work with the market, um, I can't help you. Huh. Wow. That's a different approach than most agents. Well, yeah. you got to be willing to walk away. Yeah. And And when they know you're serious, you know, you're nice about it, but when they know you're serious, um, they'll go, well, well, wait a minute. So you're, you're not going to list my house? And I'll go, no, 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 sir, I won't. And they'll say, well, that, I mean, I thought it was good for you to have a listing. I said, no, it's good for me to sell a listing. Mm. Um, and it's good for you for me to sell a listing. And I'm just telling you, I can't sell your house for that much money because the market will not allow it. Even if I, I'm good enough to get it sold, but I can't get it appraised. And so you're still going to have to come down. Yeah. And, and so that means me and you are going to have some pretty tough conversations. And I like you and I hope you like me. And I'd rather it be just like that. Sure. Than, than to know that we're going to go down a, a pretty tough hole. And by the time we get to the bottom of it, you may not like me. And yeah. so um, I, I just in all sincerity, thank you for your time. Um, I think it's a great house. I think it's a great location. And if we could get a little closer to what the market says it's worth, I can sell it. I can sell it so fast to make your head spin. But mm -hmm. but, I can't, but I can't sell it outside of the market because the market is going to dictate how much money they can borrow, all that stuff. And so 
I'm just trying to be honest. I'm just yeah. a fair guy. Let me ask this. Let me ask this question. Uh, so, so with you selling, you know, 150 houses in three years or so, you know, you became really good at selling homes. So, what are some of the ways that you, uh, you know, you've talked about how you list it or what you do to that process, but how do you sell it? Like, what are some things you're doing? Are you canvassing neighborhoods? Are you putting it online, or wh what do you do specifically? Well, when so listings and when we started, um, it was a little harder to sell than they are right now. Huh. Um, you wow. got good, if you have good inventory right now, it's going to sell. Yeah, I mean, um, but but back then you could have good inventory and it sit still and not sell. I mean, we had some really great houses, priced right that that until the 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 windfall that happened after COVID, they just sat still, you know. Huh. Um, and uh, it, it it's pretty frustrating and we, we you know we do we do social media like anybody else does we we try to we try to keep a list running too you know a lot of times like um you'll you'll have somebody call and they'll say we're looking for the blah 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 blah, blah. we're not ready to buy but you know whatever um try to keep that kind of stuff in your pocket and then i keep some re some realtors that i really like you know i mean I don't dislike any of them, but there's some of them that I just sure. click. Yeah. I'd pick up that phone. I'd call and I'd say, Hey, um, I'm fishing to throw you a bone. If you got somebody, I said, this sucker's going to hit market, um, Thursday. Oh. It's this and it's awesome. If you got somebody, let me know. And, and so we just hustle just same way. I mean, I sold cattle for years. Um, I sold myself as a rodeo announcer. If I can sell this big pile of junk, I can sell anything. <laughs> yeah. But, but you just got to be hustling. And, yeah. and you know, people buy houses three times. They buy them first online. So they better look good. Um, I mean, your pictures, uh, people, I, I, I've had this argument a bunch of times with realtors that came for help. And I would say, who does your photography? And they'd say, oh, hey, we, we usually, I mean, sometimes we, I, we don't know, but we, we take them a lot ourselves. You can't ever do that again. And they're like, well, why not? And I go, because they look like crap. That's why. Uh. Um, I mean, they just do. Sure. You know, sure. There's, a difference in, there's a difference in a glamour shot versus a phone, you know? Yeah. So we got filters and stuff. Um, when people are online, you can take the exact same house with photos off an iPhone and photos professionally done and put them side by side and not tell them that they're the same house and they'll pick the one that's got the professional photos. And it oh. can be the same house. Yeah. Just because they look better. So people buy online. You said there's three ways they buy. So they buy online. They buy online which means they call their realtor and they say, I got to go see 123 Main Street. Yeah. Realtor says, no problem. And they say, we, we might do a drive-by this evening, but we'd go see it tomorrow if you can get us in. Okay. Now they're fixing to buy it for the second time. They're going to drive down the street. They're going to turn down the road. And they're going to see if we got a crack house on the corner or a broke down car in the front yard across the street or, you know, whatever. Sure. Sure. And, and and how it looks from the curb. Yeah. And if they still like it, they're going to meet with their realtor the next morning. They're going to pull up to that house that they had already kind of taken an emotional, you know, liking to because it, it looks good and it, it looked good online and it looks good in person. And let's go inside and see what it looks good. And then you open the door and you hope as a realtor, if they've got natural daylight bulbs and not them yellow bulbs, they yeah. make you depressed. You hope that 
the trash is not running over and smelling like dog, um, you hope they've got it in a position to sell because that's the last time they're either going to buy it or they're not going to buy it. Uh-huh. And when they walk through that house, if they fall in love, they've bought it three times. They're ready. And huh. so, but if they walk in there and Gwen's the thing is my wife, she can pull in a driveway. Somebody kind of turn their nose up and go, mm, I don't know about this one. She'll turn right around and they'll say, what do you mean? You're not going to go in there? Nope. No sense in it. Huh. If you didn't feel it right then, you're never going to feel it. But what if it's real nice inside? You got to pull up to it every day. You're right. Let's go somewhere else. Huh. But that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, and Gwen's all about A to B, so don't waste any time in the middle. Yeah. Just get there. But, 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 you know, but you got to help your sellers understand that um, you're like at a dog show. Sure. I mean, we know your house is not as clean as we are asking you to be every day, but I need you to make it that clean every day, at least for a couple of weeks, so that right. we can get them in there and make them, do, you know, make them want to buy. Um, but most people hadn't sold but one house in their life. That's true. Yeah. So they don't realize that clutter is not good. They don't realize that bookshelves that are packed and overwhelmed or, you know, they don't sell well. It, but but I'm, I'll never forget one of the first listings we got. It was a nice place to over in Flint. And we walked in and this lady had a hallway full of grandkids on the wall and and stuff everywhere and they were <laughs> sweet people and this is a four hundred thousand dollar house and i had never this is my first real deal yeah and so we went through that house and i'm talking to him gwen's looking i'm talking she's looking Gwen don't say much we get back to the table and he says what do you think can you sell my house i said you better sell it and he says okay he says well i don't want to come off my price and i said that's fine and uh and he goes well i'm gonna ask you ma'am if there's something i need to do change what would it be and here's a future warning don't ask my wife a question like that unless you're really okay because she said sure. well um so i i don't want to offend you when i say this but i don't know how else to say it and they went no you go ahead you say it she said okay you're moving so pack all that crap up that's scattered <laughs> out of and put it in a box because you're moving get it out of here and and all those grandkids' pictures, they're beautiful. I know you love them. Get them off the wall. Put them in a box. You're moving anyway. Nobody else wants to see your grandkids. Open that wall up down that hall. And I'm sitting over there going, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and she, she's not being mean, you know. She, and she yeah. says, and if, if it was me, I would paint this living room gray instead of this brown color. And I would paint that front <laughs> for the same color and those two posts out front. And I think it'll help this house sell. And he wow. goes, and I'm I'm terrified at this point. Like sure. um, I done done everything. I got this guy sold, and she's fixing to do that. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> guy looks at his wife, and he goes, "What do you think it'll cost to paint it?" She said, "I don't know. We got to go over there our office that we could call." And he says, well, "Let's call." And so I did. And he says, "It's gonna cost about a thousand bucks to do it, like you know what we need to do." And he says, thousand bucks, you sell it." And I said, well, she's a buyer's agent. So, yeah. And we had never had a closing. <laughs> and he goes, wow. well, schedule him. Let's do it. He's a world sign. 
He signed the papers. He did all the improve, all the repair improvements. They did everything we said. We went on market on a Thursday. We had on contract on it on Saturday night. It had been expired three times. Wow. And all we did was professional photography, put a little color in the living room that looked good, and put the rest of that junk in a box. Huh. Golly, that's amazing. And I, I mean, yeah. And I was like, what? I mean, that was huge, you know? I mean, it was yeah. like, it was a big check too, you know? <laughs> sure. sure. And I, but but I, I learned something and, and uh, it's the same thing. I mean, I knew it, but I fear, fear of failure will, will cause you to, it'll pour water on your ability to succeed. Yeah. Um, because when you're playing to win, you're not playing it safe. You're playing to win. Sure, sure. But your fear of failure will make you not play that same at that same level. And so when you're when you're scared you might not get a listing because you're honest, um, and because you're then you're gonna be you're gonna be safe and you're gonna be you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you're not playing to win and, and so people want they want somebody to lead. Um if if my house is on fire, I don't want somebody to say, Hey, I think there's a door down here and if we could get down the hallway without getting burned up and we, we might could, we might could get out the front door. I don't, I don't need that guy. I need the guy <laughs> that says, come on, where are we going? We're getting the heck out of here. Okay. I'm with you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, so we, we just realized that people, people need to know that, you know, yeah. And, and they need to know that, you know, and you believe it so much so that if they don't want to, if they don't want to go along with it, you're okay. You just, you're just going to go along home. That's phenomenal. So, so let me ask this question, kind of a pivoting. So why do you think agents don't do a lot of this stuff? I mean, cause there's thousands of them out there sure. and you look at the list. Most have not done what you've done. And, uh, you know, it's fairly simple. It, it, the, the work is simple, but why do you think most don't, do well it's an easy business um it's it's well okay it's simple but yeah. it's not it's simple but not easy mm, that's a good way to say it but but if you're um so just a scenario you're 35 years old your husband works at texas eastman he's been there 20 years yeah and and you go to whatever mobley baptist church you know, got 10,000 members uh -huh. and you went to school here and you grew up here and you're thinking, you know what? Um, in my, and you live in a really nice neighborhood. I think I might get my real estate license. Yeah. Well, just because you grew up here. Sure. And your husband works at Eastman and you sit and you go to church over there when you're in Sunday school, with a lot of people, you sell eight or 10 houses a year with no effort at all. That's true. That's true. So, so if those eight or ten houses a year, the average in, in Longview, the average is about 240, 250. And so that's about a seven, eight thousand dollar commission. So you're gonna make that times eight at sixty five thousand dollars a year, um, and still pick the kids up every day from school. So you ain't gotta work that hard. If you know, I mean, yeah. because 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 you you're this is it's like almost a side hustle sure sure and, and a lot of realtors that's what it is it's there's they they have a job and then right. they 
few houses. Huh. Um, the, there's there's very really the numbers. I used to know all those stats, but the number of realtors that do nothing else, but they are nothing but a realtor, is yeah. really really small compared to the amount of realtors that are out there. And so um, that's what makes it simple but not easy. Yeah. All I all I got to do is get out there and go to work and I can get some business. I'm already going to get some business because I was raised here. I know everybody here. My daddy knows the rest of them and my mama knows the rest of them. And so, you know, when your mama was a school teacher and your daddy worked at, you know, Cavenders for 20 something years and, sure. and you school here and you got a name like racer, they either know you and love you or know you and hate you, but they know your name, huh. you know? And so, so, I mean, just, just eat, just, once they figure out you're kind of a realtor, sure, you're gonna get some business. Yeah, but to get, to get past that ten or fifteen mark, you yeah. got to do some. You got to do a whole different type of work, mm. and that's where you got to get in front of those people, and and you got to engage people. Um, sure. For instance, um, like what's your sport? What do you what's what's your? Do you well, have something? I, I'm training for a triathlon right now, so I run, bike, and swim. Okay, so if I were to call you and say, hey, man, how you doing? Da, 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 da. Hey, I was wondering, I've been looking for a, like a personal trainer guy for the like, like kind of like what you do in triathlons. Um, you know anybody I can call? How fast are you going to answer that question? Sure. Yeah. And, and why and why are you going to why are you going to give me that information that you probably had to work your way to get to a good one? Why are you going to give it to me? Because hmm, it's top of mind something yeah. I've been doing. it makes you feel good yeah because it, because i need something and you have it right makes you feel good yeah but people won't call people and say hey listen um you know i'm in real estate um i, I need a lead hmm. who do you know is thinking about buying or selling a house that i can call today if they know it they're gonna they want the same feeling you just had about the triathlon coach yeah they're gonna say, you know what, Miss Mary down the street for me is thinking about selling her house. I'll call down there and tell her you're gonna call. Huh. But 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 realtors are terrified to make that call to their friends. Well, I just don't want my friends to think I'm using them. Um, yeah. no, it's called friendship. Yeah. Friendship means if you need it and I got it, you can have it. Period. Mm. And so I mean, that's just uh, that's a great that's a great if you need it and I have it. You can have it for friends. Sure. So is, is that so that line there? And you, you I mean you've weaved in a bunch of nuggets here. So with you helping coach agents, what does that look like? Because well, uh, I want to make sure we go over that as we're getting to almost to our time. But what does that look like with you coaching agents? So the first, you know, the first couple of times I even meet with an agent, I, I'll tell them, look, I, I can teach you a process and a procedure and it'll work yeah. because numbers, statistics prove that it works. But, sure. but if we'll figure out what your priorities are, what your true, where your heart's at, yeah, um, we work from there. Um, then we can add the process and procedure that suits you better. Because for some people, um, a phone call is not good. Yeah, but sure. lunch is but lunch is great. Mm. Um, or um, going to the going to Sunday school is is really easy. Sure. You know, and so, but we got to figure out who they are and what, how they're made. And sometimes 
redirect how they're thinking because a lot of times they're thinking it's just about making money. Mm, that's true. Okay. Just chasing the dollar. Then when the dollar's not there, you're a failure. Uh, um, you, you can call as many people as you want to. Sure. If you decide before you dial the phone that I love these people and I care about these people. And my goal is to understand who they are and where they are and what I can do to help them get where they want to go. Um, and in that process, I'm going to ask them to help me, but that's my goal. Just who are you, where are you and where you want to get. And because if I call you on the phone and say, Hey Ryan, how's it going? You're going to say, man, it's good. How's business? Man, it's really good. Um, what about the kids? Then you're going to take off. Sure. And so I know what that priority is. And I'm going to say, well, so you got plenty, of, you get enough time off to go hang out with your kids. Yeah, 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 I am. I'm doing good. Um, sure. So what, what's your big, what's your big year end goal? You're, what are you chasing? I'm trying to get these numbers here. So what's it going to take to do that? Well, it's going to take this out. How are you going to do it? Huh. That's a, that is phenomenal. Um, man, Chris, you just, you just have so much wisdom. Uh, how can I help? You know, because if I say, how can I help? Yeah. You're like, I, I don't know. I mean, you're not in, you're not in mortgage lending. No, I mean, but you got big goals. I mean, it's kind of like pulling a big load. So sure. How can I help you pull it? Is there something I can do to help that make it easier? Well, if you know anybody, send them my way. Yeah. You know, I sure will. As a matter of fact, I'm going to send you guys there when we get off the phone. So I don't know what it pays to write a loan, but sure. if, if I send you a number of a guy when I get off the phone that's going to buy a house, that's a $6,000 phone call. Yeah, definitely could be. Could be 10. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But but you can't, you, you got to decide, I care about the person first. That's a great mindset shift. And I think perhaps we, as just human nature, we care about ourselves more than we care about the other person. And so we have to shift that. So my first day in coaching, it was, we were in a big group and they said, you're going to take your phones. You're going to go outside. You're going to just spin it in your contacts. Just And if they're not worth talking to delete them. Whoa. And I was like, oh, okay. And then you're going to say, hey, listen, uh, just call to see how, how you're doing in your family. Yeah. And I thought, okay. So I cheated. And so I called my mom first. <laughs> and I said, you're not going to believe what they're telling me to do. And they said, she said, what? And I said, I'm supposed to ask you these questions. She says, well, why don't you just go do it? And I go, it feels awkward. And she goes, well, you know, it's not, not normal for you, but just do it. Yeah. Well, I close my eyes and kind of like whenever you're in the, you're praying, a oh, God tell me something, you just open it up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I spin it and I dial it, and I realized when I spin it and I dial it that the person that I'm calling was married to a friend of mine, and they hadn't been married in about eight or nine years, and I hadn't talked to her in probably ten years, and I'm thinking this is not going to go well. Huh. So. So she answered. I was hoping she wouldn't, but she did. <laughs> and, and I said, hey, I know this is going to seem weird. This is Racer Botkin. She says, well, what rock did you crawl out from underneath? And I <laughs> said, I said, I, I wasn't under a rock. I just been rodeoing all over the country, but I'm home. And I said, uh, I said, I'm, I'm in real estate. I married a really cool girl and she's awesome and blah, 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 blah. blah. But I, that ain't why I called. I called really just to see, how are you? And she said, well. You should have called me yesterday. 
and hmm. I went, I went, well, why's that? She says, well, because I just had a phone call this morning that I've been diagnosed with cancer. Oh. That's my first phone call. Wow. And I went, really? And she says, yep. And I said, okay, so what are we going to do? She said, well, I'll start treatments next week. And I said, give me your address. Give me the date. And I said, me and my wife are going to send you your family dinner for the first five days. If we, if you let us. And she said, well, yeah. Okay. And we did. She never gave me a lead. Never sold me a house. Didn't matter. What she oh. taught me was, you better have that stuff straight in your heart before you dial that phone. Because when you say something like, how are you? You could get any kind of answer in the world. That is so true. You yeah. still have you still have a responsibility to respond yeah. appropriately. Yeah. And, and, and I wasn't ready for that, you know. But but I had enough church background, background sure. to where my heart immediately moved into that. But but if I had just not had any of that, I would have like I, I might have hung up and said I lost connection or something, you know. Sure, sure. It, it taught me something because um, pe people are, we're dealing with humans. Yeah, now, that's right. You have to get a license to sell their stuff, which is a house. Right. But what we're dealing with is the human. Hmm. And, and nobody moves just for the sake of moving. Yeah, that's they're, true. If, if they're young and they need a bigger house so they can have children, um, I want to help them have babies. So yeah. the problem is we don't have a house. So I want to solve the problem so they can have babies. Yeah. If they're older and they need to downsize because it's more than they can take care of, well, then I want to solve that problem. And I want to get them in somewhere that's easier to take care of. So I got to get rid of the house because it's the problem. Sure. sure. If they're going to sell their house and move closer to their kids so they can be a grandma or a gr grandpa to their grandkids, um, then their problem is the house. Right. I can right. get rid of the house. So when you look at it like that, now you're you're dealing with the human side of that deal sure. and you can't lay in bed till eight o'clock in the morning knowing that mr jones is not going to be able to be papa to his grandkids until he moves and if and he's betting on me to get mm. him in that house so he can get to his grandkids and his grandkids don't even know what they're missing yet by having a papa but they don't even know that they're betting on me too yeah huh. I, can't, I can't lay up and do nothing when i know that's what's at stake Sure, sure. It's not a house. It's not a house. It's a pawpaw for grandkids. It's you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so it raises the stakes, which which causes you to not have a drive based on a checkbook. It's a drive based on your humanity, your heart that sure. says, um, I get to be Superman in certain areas, and if I don't put on my cape, my cape, yeah, somebody suffers. Hmm. That is so good. That is a racer. I, I tell you what, I, I'm sorry. We've gone over our time. I, I you're, you're, <laughs> you have such great wisdom and, uh, Hey, let me ask this racer, uh, how, you know, you're, as you're, as you're trying to work and coach more, um, agents and they want to reach out to you, what's the best way for some agent to reach out to you after they listen to this and be wild by what you've had to say. So, um, my personal email address that comes to me every time, 
is rbotkin, B-O-T-K-I-N, 1000 at gmail.com. Now, I've got all them cool racerbotkin.com and all that stuff, but I don't get those all the time. But yeah. rbotkin1000 at gmail.com, I'm going to get. And uh, and usually when, when people reach out to me, I just say, hey, let's sit down and let's just have a conversation. Because I, I don't want you – so I do the same thing on a listing appointment. People say when, they're, when I don't know them, they say – um, will you come look at our house? And I go, yeah, I'll look at your house, but first I want to look at you. Because huh. I want to look at you and I want you to look at me. Yeah. And I want us to decide that we like each other. Sure. And because if you if you don't like me, it's going to be the quickest meeting you've ever had in your whole life. I'm getting out of there. Yeah. And if I don't like you, I, you're going to think I evaporated. Mm. But if I like you and you like me, we can sell the house. That's no big deal. Sure, sure. And so I, it's the same way with coaching. I just say, look, um, are you willing to do the hard stuff? Um, are you willing for me to hold you accountable to yeah. a level that might cause you to be really angry with me? You know, but sure. I'm doing it for you, not to you. Um, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not pushing you through the fire. I'm dragging you through the fire. I'm going yeah. in front of you and I'm pulling you. Sure. I'm not trying to push you ahead of me, you know, and, and, yeah. and when you realize you got to fit, then you got somebody you can help. Cause I, 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 I'm not interested in having a hundred clients that won't do the work. My, sure. I, I first rule of thumb with my coaches, I had to get up at 5am and I mm. said, I've rodeo 25 years, 5am ain't in my schedule. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, well, you will, or, or I'm going to charge your debit card $500. Huh? He said, if you don't text me by 505. And I went, whoa, wait a minute. He said, and then I'm going to send it to your ex-wife or somebody that you don't like. Yeah. He says, I don't need your money. Sure. I was like, yeah, that ain't going to happen. He goes, I know. Because you don't have enough willpower to get up, but you got enough fear of loss. Sure, sure. And and, and I says, well, what if, I, what if I don't get up? And he goes, don't ever call me no more. We can be friends. Yeah. I can't be your coach. Wow. And I was like, so you're, you're going to, you're trying to help agents in that same way. And so um, let, let's end it there. We may, if we can, we may need to do a second podcast to go yeah. deeper on, on, uh, on you're that. Just, you're in my, you got in my wheelhouse there because like, yeah. man, I, you see I, now why, if, yeah. I, if I can just, look, I, I was raised by working people. Yeah. You know, and, and we wasn't poor, but sure. But I wore a lot of hand-me-downs. Yeah. I'm always a beautician. So, I mean, I wore lots of hand-me-downs. And, uh, and, and we, we, we may not have had no money, but I really didn't know, you know, cause sure. if you never, if you had money and don't have money, you know, yeah. but we just always, but, but I mean, when, when my wife and I got married, um, at the end of the day, we qualified for an, a government paid insurance program uh. so that she could have a surgery that she needed. Um, yeah. In the next year, we we made ten times that. Wow, wow! And, and now, I'm, so the, the money should not change you. Yeah, um, but it should change how you do you. Sure, sure. And it did. I mean, um, you, I mean, we were able to give different. We're able to, we're able to see stuff that used to. We'd say, man, if we had the money, we'd help them. That's awesome. And we're able to do it, and well, like I got to pay for two really extravagant weddings for my daughters huh, that's that, awesome they got married three years ago they yeah. had married in the backyard 
you know Um, well well, if we can um what i'll do is well let's put the um so it's r botkin 1000 at gmail.com and i'd like to encourage our listeners that uh racer has tons of information and uh and there's stuff that you've said here that's new to me that you haven't said before and so my whole i mean i got scribbles and stuff all over the the, as my notes if i've ran out of room but man you're, you're just a blessing to me and a blessing to so many and so uh thank you for for letting me just interview for a little bit and and um it's it's a favor favor has a purpose sure and so so gifts are given god gives you a gift it's yours you can do whatever you want with it favor comes and goes you uh, see you see it in your own life you see it in other people's life yeah so favor is whenever everything works man it's just like everything you touch um but but it has a purpose favor is designed to to attract people to you um because of what's coming out of you oh. and so when when it does that how you deal with that person and impact them so that they take your favor and apply it to their dream is what kind of lets favor remain sure but if you're not doing anything with it your that favor on you is just so you can have more and it's not going to stay very long yeah that's so true but when that favor has influence and that influence has a change in somebody's life and you just keep doing it keep doing it keep doing it you can stay in favor right and 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 so your gifts make room for you but favor that's like favor ain't fair favor comes on people and and they just blessed and they don't know how they got there but when it attracts a whole different set of people to them because that because of that yeah how you deal with those people and it impacts them is what kind of dictates how long that favor may rest on you well we better leave it right there that is phenomenal and uh racer thanks so much for being on the show and to those that may be interested in reaching out to racer uh rbotkin at 1000 at gmail.com and uh gosh this has been good thank you again racer yeah thank you to our listeners we'll catch you next time as we interview top agents like racer botkin and learn from their expertise we'll catch you next time